0: Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball@cbsi.com. Here we go! Your friends don't play fantasy? LOL. What a bunch of
1: nerds. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve.
2: Only two weeks away from the first Chiefs loss of the season. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Yeah, man. Regular season football two weeks away. Preseason week three, which is like the fun week, starts tonight. Dave, Jamie, Heath. Hello, everybody. What Hello. up, Adam? I'm pumped.
1: This better be the fastest two weeks in the history of mankind because I need regular football back in my life.
2: Yeah, we're about to get it. We're getting, you know, the, the dress rehearsal this weekend. We'll be able to talk about it on Monday and a little bit tomorrow. We've got sleepers, breakouts, and busts to talk about. Today, sleepers and breakouts. Tomorrow busts, plus probably gonna to get to the auction talk tomorrow. I've got it in the show notes today. I'm thinking that will be more of a tomorrow thing. I, I wanna start this show with a segment that, that, uh, people love. It's called Adam is Dumb. People love that segment, right Heath? Adam is Dumb. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> okay. I feel bad. I shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have reacted the way I did to the Darren Sproles pick yesterday during the draft. Thinking about it, like right after. I said it. I was like, this is stupid. I'm I'm counting him out. So wh- which Philadelphia running back are you guys drafting first? I
0: would still take Blunt in a standard league before I would take Sproles. But Blunt's going so
1: much earlier than Sproles that Sproles is really the only one I'm drafting. The problem is both of them aren't going to gain much confidence as a starting option for your fantasy team. Like, I know. Think about it. Going into Week One, you're drafting them after Round Eight, I would presume, if not Round Ten. Why would you put them in your starting lineup Week One against Washington? Answer: You wouldn't.
2: No, but you the don't only have time you'd
1: put them in is if either they were playing a defense that was just bereft of tacklers. Like literally, guys with no arms.
2: Well, but Dave, I'm not talking about starting them week one. I'm talking about a late, mid to late round. I'm not round either. Pick. I'm
1: saying you're going to put them on your bench and then what are you going to do with them? Live week replacement? Well, how is that different than any other 10th or 11th round pick? Because at least there's some upside with some 10th or 11th
0: round picks. I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think that if you've drafted Ezekiel Elliott and you take Darren Sproles in the 11th round in a PPR league, you might be starting in week one.
1: Well, I don't know if I'm getting Darren McFadden in the 11th round. Of- Darren Sproles. No, Darren Sproles. Oh, Darren, Sproles. Oh, Darren Sproles. I think you said Darren McFadden. Well, I may
2: have. Okay, but Jamie, there was the report yesterday that Le- LeGarrett Blunt's still gonna be a big part of, no, it wasn't just a report, it was a quote from Doug Peterson, the coach, that Blunt's still gonna be a big part of the offense. Do you buy that?
3: Yes, but I also think that it's a 30 year old running back switching teams coming off a long playoff run that had 299 carries and has never had that sustainable level of performance before. So, if you're asking me which Eagles running back. It's very similar to the Patriots. Uh, I believe he said he'll take the last one that's available. I may just take a late, late round pick on Wendell Smallwood at this point, and we're going to get an answer tonight. You know, so it, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's probably uh, by the time some people listening to this, you know, may not be a relevant conversation. But I would have said the same thing prior to today that I don't I don't really want Legarrette Blount. I never did. Um, I'll take Sproles in PPR, but in standard league. Smallwood certainly showed some some mobility last year when he got a chance in, in a small sample size when he didn't have Lane Johnson. Now they have arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. So there's a chance that uh, the guy behind this offensive line could be very good. It's not going right. to be Pumphrey, at least according to the, the latest report. from Right. He hasn't looked
1: good. Corey Clement is an undrafted rookie running back who has looked okay, but I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get. You said Blunt had 299 carries. That's just the regular season. He had another 35 in the postseason, so he could certainly wear down. You could talk me into Darren Sproles being a late-round
2: pick. Okay. Well, well, we will talk about it tomorrow because the Dolphins are at the Eagles tonight and the Panthers are at the Jaguars. Let's start the show. Give me one sleeper or breakout you want to talk about. We'll do a few more a little bit later. And, of course, this is only scratching the surface. Uh, these guys have columns on the website on CBSSports.com slash fantasy. Uh, just you know, go there, and there's so much draft material for you. But – Keith, I'll let you start with a sleeper or a breakout that you'd like to highlight today. You better
0: call him Tyrell Williams. Yes. 11th round ADP. I don't know. Maybe people don't realize that Mike Williams got hurt and that Tyrell Williams is the number two wide receiver in San Diego. I don't know that he can match last year's production, but I expect he comes close. Um, he's an absolute steal at pick 122 overall.
1: I've had a hard time. I've seen him at the top of my rank list when I'm in round seven of drafts, uh-huh. and I have a hard time pulling the trigger on him then. Even though I love him as a talent, I just know that there's so many other targets for Philip Rivers to pepper. But, but then, but like something something magical happens, and then round eight comes along, and all of a sudden I feel much better about Tyrell Williams being on my team at yeah. that point. And I think that's the sweet spot for him. Not round eleven, not round seven. Round eight is is when I I like him. And and you know how much I love Mike Wallace as a sleeper. I I would rather have Tyrell for sure. I'm wondering if Tyrell is he going
4: to be as
3: good though with everybody healthy? I mean, he's not replicating his numbers, but like, what's what's realistic for him with Keenan Allen doing what he's capable of doing
0: with the tight ends, presumably being just like they were last year, yeah, like they were last year, right? Well, what's his role? So the change really is Keenan Allen. The changes. Well, I, I think Allen, one thing
3: that's kind of, and I agree with you. Got, Tyrell Williams is, is is a great talent. Uh, Pete Prisco told us this very early in the season last year how much they were excited about him. But you have bigger role for Hunter Henry coming. Maybe. Right? We're, we're, well, we're we're hoping. Right? right. But that comes out of Antonio Gates presumably. Sure. But it's still the Gates is still there. You have a healthy Keenan Allen, which should be their target leader. Yep. If everything goes according to plan. And you also have a healthy Travis Benjamin, which we never talk about. This guy played with a knee injury last year missed some time with that. That's, what would you say, four
0: targets a game? That's probably what he got last year, isn't right. it? So Maybe more? I don't. I, I think four targets a game seems fine for him. Maybe five. He, okay. can, have, he can have 80 targets. And then what if Mike Williams,
3: by o- October, what they're saying, that if he's playing by then?
1: And everyone else has stayed healthy. And everybody somebody, else is- somebody has messed up. Then somebody isn't doing their job. Of it has to be point. Tyrell Williams. It can't be Travis Benjamin. Oh, it definitely be. I, would, I don't think
3: Benjamin goes from four targets to what to three. I mean, it could go to zero if Mike Williams is their
2: third receiver but, but, but and Benjamin but doesn't. Benjamin see the field. does
3: something that none of these guys really do.
2: Well, Tyrell I Williams disagree. actually is a is a pretty good deep threat. I mean, most of his touchdowns yes. were long ones. He's very good, but
3: he's not the same speed guy that Travis Benjamin is. Right, but he's got size that and bulk. I'm, I'm not Travis. saying Travis Benjamin is keeping Tyrell Williams on the field. But those three targets go somewhere. Two targets go somewhere. Mike Williams takes two or three targets a game. I, mm-hmm. The way I view it is Tyrell Williams in 9, 10, 11 is great value. When you start pushing him up, you're starting to take away what his appeal is. Now, again, we, we, we're talking about a guy in Keenan Allen has played nine games over the last two seasons, so he could easily get hurt again. We're talking about Travis Benjamin who didn't stay healthy last year, and, again, that's a couple targets. And he had five targets a game last year, so I don't, okay, I don't so really think he goes up from that. No. You have you have the two tight ends which could falter. I, I just, I and, and again, I, I like Tyrell Williams. I just don't want to overvalue Tyrell Williams. So I think his ADP is kind of appropriate.
2: Okay, well, eleventh round. Well, I, he was in your
0: sleepers column.
3: Like I, I like him. I, right. I, I'm I'm just saying it's not that I don't like him, but I don't want to reach for him. Like it, I put him in there because he's going in after round nine. Right. If okay. I'm taking him in round seven, no. If I'm taking him in round eight, I don't really love it. If I'm getting in round nine or later. That's fine for
2: me. And I think I should probably bring up the schedule one more time. Right. At Denver, Miami, Kansas City, Philadelphia. You could, you could throw out Miami. Miami's no. just cuz everybody ran on Miami. Uh, <laughs> no, Miami's not a bad matchup at all. Just <clears throat> I'm just giving all of the matchups. At Denver, Miami, Kansas City, Philadelphia, three straight home games. At the Giants, at Oakland, Denver at New England, and then a bye. First 9 games you've got a bye. You've got at New England Great cornerbacks. You've got two games against Denver. Great cornerbacks. You've got at the Giants. Great cornerbacks. I think it's arguable that they're, they're going to struggle in five of their first nine games. It's, you know, Jamie made the case yesterday that week one against the Broncos, Broncos pass rush isn't going to be healthy. Valid point. But I just see, I see two Denver, New England at the Giants and a bye. That scares me a little bit. Um, you know, and, and it's probably worth noting, but I think, but and I it's think funny. the other part
3: of it isn't, I'll, I'll ask Dave, um, because he's the highest on Tyrell Williams, I think. I am. Um, and you have Keenan Allen top 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, Henry top 10, mm-hmm. right, if I recall? Yeah, Rivers is top 12 for me. But shouldn't he be higher if you like all these guys? I like a lot of quarterbacks this year. Rivers throws but if you were projecting this, though, you would have to probably
1: project Rivers to, I would, to get I would these put, guys to the numbers that they have to get to. I you think should... Allen and Williams can probably combine for 2,000 yards on their own. If they're both healthy, 16 games. Oh,
0: yeah, I think maybe more like 2,100. Okay. Yeah, and then 22. the touchdowns that to come it. along Stretching with it. them is probably in that. What do you, what do you mean No, no, I'm saying he, he said 2,000. Yeah, yeah I, th- I mean, I think it might be. I, I don't see a reason because one other thing as far as the targets go, Dontrell Inman had 97 targets last year. So there's six targets a game just
1: for whoever wants them well inman could potentially get them too if we really that, want to I the, I would, the, I would hope we're going to we're going to sink all of our eggs into the Travis Benjamin basket we might as well get the Dontrell Inman well, basket and throw some eggs in there too Tyler
2: Williams Inman's had a good year last year he seems like a very good young player there is appeal there we could sit here and break down the targets but you know you're you're drafting a lot of potential and if Keenan Allen gets hurt you're drafting a, a total steal mega mega ups yeah this right. is the perfect uh, azer strategy guy it is my favorite. It is my actually my favorite Azer strategy. Right, Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. Uh, all right, let's get a Jamie sleeper or breakout. And Jamie's going to give us a bust. I, I don't know if I said this on the air since he won't be here tomorrow on the Bust Show. He's going to give us a bust later today. But give me a sleeper or a breakout, Jamie. Uh, I forgot the list I said. You got Sorry. Macklin or, or Sneed. Macklin
3: sleeper, Sneed breakout. Sure, I'll talk about Macklin because we talk about Sneed a lot. I think that he is not getting appropriately valued because we don't see... And the same thing for Mike Wallace. We don't see Joe Flacco on the field. Now, Wallace kind of is going to stay in the range that he is because nobody wants him, and that's not fair because he's been consistent um, in a good or bad way, but he's been consistent. Um, Macklin, everyone's going to look at what he did a year ago and say he's a terrible player, and I get that because he had a groin injury that he missed four games. He said he wasn't healthy the whole season. He had a death in the family or, or very close a uh, friend of the family prior to the season. I just think he was a mess. And I don't think Alex Smith, as good as he was with Smith the year before, I don't think Alex Smith is the type of quarterback that helps his receiving core get better. You can say the same thing maybe about Joe Flacco, but there are a lot of targets to talk, you know, we, we, we mentioned this all throughout the offseason. Heath, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 300 targets that are missing from this offense.
0: Over 300 targets. When yes. you
3: take away Dennis Pitta, Steve Smith, um, Kyle Uchek, uh, who am I missing? Um, uh, Kamar Aiken. Kamar Aiken. Those, those four guys, that's 300 targets. Danny Woodhead should take a big, uh, a piece of that, you know, combine Uchek, combine Kenneth Dixon, and, and he's also a guy that's missing. So there's a ton of production to be replaced in this offense, and, and I think we mentioned this, it was yesterday or the day before, in terms of, uh, completions, that Joe Flacco was a top five guy in terms of completions. They're gonna throw the ball a ton. And yep. so, Macklin, who's, uh, I don't know exactly where his ADP is right now, but it's late. 104th. I think he's going to be their number one receiver in terms of targets, may not be in production, but certainly he's going to have the opportunity to lead them in touches, uh targets. And so to get that type of guy in a high volume passing offense, yes, there's a history of Joe Flacco not supporting multiple receivers. I think he's going to be their best one. I will gladly take him after the hundredth overall selection.
0: I just the only concern I have with Flacco being out, he's already built the rapport with Mike Wallace. Has he thrown a pass to Jeremy Macklin? I don't know. I'm and sure it's
1: Somewhere along
0: well, the no, line. Well, no, sure. He he's he's got eighties. hurt early in training camp. So they yeah. were, they, they Did, were they thrown. They probably threw Did a he?
4: couple. I, I don't know.
1: Was it hurt early in training camp or came to camp with the sore back? I think he came to camp. With the it doesn't mean that he they, hasn't, they haven't done
0: a lot of work together. So I, it might
1: sure. take him a couple weeks to get – But the, the other part of
3: that, which you're, you're right. The other part of that, though, is he knows the offensive coordinator maybe better than Mike Wallace does because he was with Marty Mordenweg in Philadelphia. So this is a, a, a system that he should have familiarity with, right. and he's a veteran guy. I don't think it's going to take very much for him to step in and learn what Joe Flacco likes or what he doesn't like. Two years removed, a year removed from two straight thousand yard seasons. He's been good everywhere he's been. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia was good. Kansas City was good. I think he's going to be good here. I love him falling in my lap any chance I could possibly get. I'm getting him in my fourth receiver. He could easily be a top 24 guy. And Jeremy
1: Macklin. The the ADP is round nine. Look, I, I, I can't poo poo taking Jeremy Macklin in round nine, but I know the history of Joe Flacco with his wide receivers and he can barely support one wide receiver. Much less I, d- I disagree,
2: though. I disagree because two years ago, Steve Smith was a top twenty wide receiver. He was 18th in standard, 17th in in PPR. That was 2014, fourteen. Two thousand yep. uh 2015. His 16 game pace was top ten. He had uh, 670 yards and three touchdowns in seven games. So I and you, you know, you also say can't support two receivers.
3: Dennis Pitta was a top twelve tight end mm-hmm. last year. Just didn't score touchdowns. He would have been a top five guy if he got the touchdowns based on the volume that he got. I don't think Benjamin Watson and Max Williams are going to be significant factors like Pitt was. They could, but I don't see that happening when he has what might be one of his better receiving cores if Perryman can get healthy and, and get on the field
1: too. Where do you have Macklin ranked, Jamie,
3: among receivers? Oh, he's, he's right big around big. hes right around 40. He's 36 in PPR because I do think that's where he's, he, he has a better shot okay. to help your fans' team. But he's, he's right around 40. I, I just okay. think that uh, I'll suppress his value right now. Because I think I get him at a better price. And, and I think people get him at a better price.
2: Okay. So would you rather have Macklin or Deshaun Jackson?
1: Jackson.
3: Jackson. More upside with Jackson. But, again, would not be surprised if if uh, Macklin's better. I don't know if, if you guys have watched um, Hard Knocks yet, the latest episode. Um, there was a, a, a piece in there. I know I told Heath and Dave this off the air. But there were when their first practice with Jacksonville, uh, Jackson was complaining about not touching the ball. And I wonder if that's a sign of things to come. He's like, can I get the bleeping rock ready? Mm. and I just wonder if he's going to see a lot of that with how much Mike Evans dominates targets.
2: All right, uh, Dave. Also, you know, we don't mention this enough, but when Macklin signed with the Ravens, he's going to now be getting free crab cakes for life from Jimmy's Seafood, and that's <laughs> pretty cool. Dave, give me a sleeper or a breakout.
1: I wish I could sign with the Ravens. I like Mike Gillisley, and I know we haven't seen him in the preseason, and I know that Rex Burkhead had a touchdown last week, but the Patriots brought Gillisley to New England for a reason. I believe that. You see that he's averaged 5.7 yards per carry each of the last two years. You know that he's the most physical running back that the Patriots have on the roster, and you want to target the running back who could best replace LeGarrette Blunt in this offense and be that goal-line guy. Gillisley scored eight touchdowns last year. Do you know how many of them came? I'll, I'll start with this. How many of them came in the red zone? Two. Seven. Oh. How many of them came from five yards or closer? or Four six
2: so he was a goal line
1: line. he's exactly what they're looking for Mm -hmm. and so if i can get mike gillisley in round six i don't care that he hasn't played a wink of preseason i'm happy that he's healthy now i hope he takes care of his hamstring i will take the chance on him then hoping that he can fall into the end zone as many times as marshawn lynch can in oakland
0: okay I, i think i would agree with everything you said if except for the fact that you have to take him in round six if that sounds like the profile of a running back That hasn't really been working in camp That it's pretty much all speculative What he's going to do And we should be able to draft him in round 7, round 8 After the guys that we know are going to be starting running backs I'm just afraid a round
1: 6 pick I, What's the difference you, between round 6 and round 7? Other than the obvious one The pick. players that are available
3: Well, what if uh, Gillisley comes out tonight Because it sounds like Burkhead's not going to play So Gillisley comes out and gets In, in the first half and whatever they play into the third quarter, 12 carries.
2: Yeah. Because you, you would gonna, assume
3: that's on pace. Right. Is he going to play tonight? Gillisley's expected to play.
2: I mean, Gosh. I still think that Gillisley, I talked about this uh, when we talked about Burkhead, yes, who had sir. a nice preseason. Yeah, we th- we we've, we've, this is like the third time we mentioned this backfield this week. I still think that Gillisley's their best running back. I don't expect him to catch a lot of passes. They have three guys who can do that really well. But I would expect Gillisley to be their best ball carrier. Uh, you know, the, at least their most talented one. Just need him to get on the damn field.
1: And if you like him as much as I do, you won't mind spending the round six choice on him.
3: I I, I would say that Gillisley is very similar to his teammate Brandon Cooks in how you value these two guys because they're going to be some very maddening weeks, and they're going to be some weeks where he's exceptional.
2: So you don't think I, there's a chance that they just turn Gillisley loose and give him more or less oh, the blunt there, Oh, there's,
3: there's certainly a chance. He's not getting, you know, if you were to say uh, the ceiling. I'd say 200 carries. He's not getting close to three. Like what?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I might be more bullish on the on the ceiling and more scared of the floor. Both. <laughs> you think he'll get more than 200 carries? I think I, I, think he, get, I don't can, think, I think he, he will, start. but I think there's a ceiling that exists that's higher than that. If he comes yeah. out tonight and gets 12 carries, like you said, and looks like he did last year, 5.7 yards per carry, sure. and gets a goal line. And
1: people are going to go nuts over him. Weren't just, there games last year where LeGarrette Blunt had a ridiculous amount of carries? We had 299 for the right, season. But yes, right, but that was
3: also – Dion Lewis was hurt. James White is kind of pegged for his role. There was no really third option. You know, Now they have four options. It, it's going to be really – the thing that's going to piss a lot of people off is if they go into week one with five tailbacks. Because Brandon Bolden most likely is making this roster because of his special teams ability. Mm-hmm. So if they keep mm-hmm. Deion Lewis and use him – there's no way he's getting 200 carries.
0: I, I think legit, he may be the only player that legitimately has a ceiling of a top 10 running back and a floor of being an active week one. Like just right. one of the five healthy you – know, You know what I
3: think the way to approach it is, <laughs> and, and this, this,
0: this may make you throw up,
3: is the year that Ben Jarvis Greenellis had 180 carries. He's a much better player than Ben Jarvis was at that time, but it was very frustrating to own Ben Jarvis You were counting on him to score touchdowns.
2: All right, give me Mike Gillisley or McFadden.
3: Gillisley, yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're taking a chance on Gillisley.
2: Gillisley or uh, a Seahawks
3: running back, Gillisley. One I struggle with, his, and we talked about this during our, our live mock draft, was Gillisley and Terrence West, because if Danny Woodhead is banged up and, and may not be ready to start the season, and he's the starter there with really little competition, you know, I don't really worry about Buck Allen at this point.
1: Um, There's people who love Buck Allen.
2: Yeah,
0: I've got I West one be a spot fan. ahead of
1: Gillisley.
2: All right, guys. They're right in the same range. All right, we'll get more sleepers and breakouts in a moment. Coming up on today's show, we're going to hear from Nationals starting pitcher Max Scherzer. He's promoting the Scherzer Showdown. Go to scherzershowdown.com. If you are in the D.C. area, if you want more information about doing a fantasy draft with some Nationals players, really cool stuff. We also asked Scherzer uh, about who the worst Nationals fantasy football player, like who's the worst at fantasy football because they all play in the clubhouse. Uh, if he's friends with any NFL players and if he feels obligated to draft them and we ask him some baseball questions too, like is the ball juiced? Um, we will have more sleepers and breakouts tomorrow busts. We're going to talk about our auction. It looks like tomorrow is going to be auction day and please join us in Philadelphia on August 31st at the at the Comcast Xfinity live restaurant from 6 to 9 p.m. So August 31st in Philadelphia at the Xfinity live restaurant, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We got it. We're going to be doing a live podcast. There's gonna be hosted food and bar a meet and greet raffle prizes and more please join us in Philadelphia on the 31st 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern at the Xfinity Live restaurant and go to cbsports.com slash podcast if you uh, like podcasts you want to listen to college football NFL basketball whatever you want we got a lot of shows for you we got a wrestling podcast in this corner that's really good uh, so cbsports.com slash podcast. Oh, that stuff's important. It's not as important as home security. I really want to talk to you about this because now you've got Labor Day coming up. You got Thanksgiving. You got all the holidays. You don't want to leave your home unprotected. And, and we've got a great opportunity for you to save on home security for a limited time. You can take, take a whopping $100 off of simply safe home security's special summer package. Simply safe is the name. Okay. Simply is spelled with an I, S I M P L I, safe. Everything you need to protect your home. No long-term contracts, no installation costs, and I can tell you from experience, that's terrific. No hidden fees, and Simply Safe's 24-7 professional monitoring is just fourteen ninety-nine a month. A great deal. Get $100 off your summer security package at simplysafe.com slash FFT. This sale ends very soon, so please people, Simply Safe, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash FFT for 100 bucks off. Simplysafe.com slash FFT. Uh, let's do the news and notes, guys. Odell Beckham could miss a week or two of the regular season. When are you drafting him? Yesterday he did go fifth ahead of Evans and ahead of AJ Green. What about you? Where would you take Beckham?
3: Fifth. Fifth? Okay. Until it's confirmed. That's just a report.
2: Alright. Devontae Freeman's gonna miss this week's game with a concussion, but they don't seem worried about him, uh, missing week one. Fitz Toussaint is running ahead of James Conner in the Steelers' backfield. Do you handcuff Le'Veon Bell with Fitz Toussaint?
1: I'm not handcuffing Le'Veon Bell at all right now. But, I look, I know anybody who looks at just box scores will be confused by that because Connor had a great game statistically. He had over 100 total yards, had a lot of touches too. If you watch that game, the first three quarters of that game, he looked dreadful. He dropped three passes. He bumped into his linemen. It looked like he was playing football for the first time. Fourth quarter he started to get into his groove a little bit more, ripped off a bunch of long runs. It was against third stringers. I'd like to see him get a couple of more opportunities. You know, last year Jordan Howard got off to a terrible start too, and by his fourth preseason game, he clicked. Okay. I wonder if something like that could happen to Connor. I am still willing to take him with a very late pick if I draft Le'Veon Bell.
2: Connor or not Tucson? Connor.
1: Not is terrible. He we know his track record. I don't think
2: he's scored
1: a touchdown in the NFL.
2: Okay, in the league three years, and more notes. Chad Henne is going to start Jacksonville's third preseason game, and Deshaun Kaiser's is going to start for Cleveland. So Henne and Kaiser could be starting week one for the Jags and the Browns. Is that good or bad for their receivers?
1: Good for the Browns. I think I don't know if it's necessarily good for the Browns or the Jaguars. Better than Osweiler. Look, obviously it's better than Osweiler, but does that mean that Kenny Britt is going to? Get 900 yards and five touchdowns. He has a better chance to do it with Kaiser than anybody else on that roster. Okay, let's move to Jacksonville. I don't no. think Alan Robinson's a thousand yards with either of these quarterbacks.
2: Jamie, you have Alan Robinson as a bust. You might as well go into it right now. He's going about 60th overall, though he keeps on dropping.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, when I wrote it a week ago, it was coming off of the the terrible situation with Bortles and not knowing that they were going to actually bench him. Um This, yeah, it makes it worse. So it's uh, it, it's hard to say that he's going to get back to the level we saw 2 years ago it's hard to even think that uh it that he's not going to be that much better than what he was last year you know because he'll still have the opportunity for 120 plus targets and he was one of the 22 guys that got 120 plus targets and failed to finish as a top 24 fantasy wide receiver so
2: how many how many how many uh failed how many with 100 targets 120 targets failed to be top 24 Three. Three. Robinson was 28th in standard, 24th in PPR. The
3: other two were DeAndre Hopkins and Brandon
2: Marshall.
1: And what did those three guys have in common? uh bleep quarterback. But, but, or, what is the difference between
2: DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson? I don't get it.
1: I think Hopkins' quarterback situation improved. It couldn't uh, have gotten worse. Brock Osweiler is worse than Blake Bortles. He could, have, he could have literally had Blake Bortles as his quarterback this year, and it would have gotten that better. That would have been
0: an upgrade. I I was putting my, together my list last night because my sleepers breakouts and busts come out tomorrow, and I was going to put Allen Robinson on the list until I saw that he is ADP was now the end of the fifth round, and I'm fine with him there.
2: Mm-hmm. He's going in They're, between Julian Edelman and Golden Tate.
0: I would rather have Tate, but I'd rather have Robinson over
1: Edelman. I'll take them both ahead of Robinson and PPR.
2: Mm, yeah, I don't want to give up on a guy who was the number four wide receiver two years ago, number six in PPR. I know we're not really giving up on him, but yeah, fifth round would be would be pretty tempting for Robinson. It's not like we haven't is seen he, ba- good receivers with bad quarterbacks do well before. Including is Robinson. he a
1: free agent after this year?
2: He gone because I'd <laughs> love to see him with a good quarterback. Yeah, me too. All right, guys, uh finish up the news and notes. <clears throat> We've got Danny Woodhead dealing with a hamstring injury. Jamie alluded to it. Jordan Matthews of Buffalo. Is doing individual drills. Oakland left tackle Donald Penn ended his holdout. And Greg Almond Oman, A U M A N. Greg Almond, I went to college with him. Oh, Greg Alman. Did you give him a lot of Almond Brothers jokes back no. back in the day? Oh, you should have. Of the Tampa Bay Times, he expects Charles Sims to be Tampa Bay's passing downs back this year. Is that significant? I don't think it's that much of a surprise. Okay. Is does it hurt Doug Doug Martin at all? Reduce his catches? Not that we're No, because the year that both guys were great, right? Was twenty fifteen? Uh yeah, sounds right. All right then, good stuff. So, you know what I wanted to do? I I want I do want to talk sleeper's breakouts and busts, but I feel like we've neglected the listeners. And by the way, we'll announce our podcast league winners tomorrow. I I read about 350 haikus last night and have probably about 500 to get to tonight, and that's still with uh, more coming in today. So we'll announce the winners tomorrow, but let's read some emails. And, and when I say quick, I really want to be quick with these, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind that. Kyle from New Jersey, what are your thoughts on pairing Mixon and McFadden? The thought is Mixon might take a little while before he becomes the full-time back. Meanwhile, you plug in McFadden during the Zeke suspe- suspension. Do you think that's a good pairing of Joe Mixon and Darren McFadden? All sure.
0: de- yeah, it all depends on cost for me. If I have to spend a third and a seventh to do that, no thank you. How come? Because I think I can get better players with my third and seventh round draft picks. What point are you comfortable with McFadden? Uh, maybe the ninth. Ninth? Maybe the ninth. I'd prefer the tenth. That's why I'd really if, feel even good if about it. the
3: suspension does hold at six game?
0: I don't think that anyone should expect they're going to know the answer to that before they draft. The, the appeals on the well, 29th. It could be Labor Day weekend. It, it could be. Yeah. But – most likely I think we're going to find out maybe that Tuesday after Labor Day. Could be. Or maybe they bury it the Friday before, but I would expect that you should you should plan on drafting thinking it's gonna be six, but it could be
1: reduced.
2: Alright, and, and it really comes down to how well you think McFadden's gonna do with tough matchups. Giants, Broncos, Cardinals, Rams, Packers, and then a bye. It's awful. It's not good. Uh but you know, for what it's worth the Broncos. line though. The Broncos had a bad run defense last year. Uh all right. Moving on, next email. Steven from uh, a city in California, Dave.
1: Los Angeles.
2: Is Seattle's DST worth starting week one at the Packers? And are they even worth drafting knowing you have to start them week one at the Packers?
1: I'd be nervous to start them against Green Bay, but I would still do it. And I would take a long view approach. I would do that with all of the top DSTs. That's the reason they're top DSTs. I mean, you think about it. You got the Packers, the Seahawks get the
3: Packers, the Chiefs get the Patriots.
1: Broncos, get Vikings, the get
3: the, the... Saints, Saints right? It yeah. could be, could be a rough start for all of them.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe you roster two defenses if you've got an empty, you know, somebody that's worthless, but, uh...
3: And just to take the Bills?
2: Take the Steelers, take the Bills, yeah. Well, the Steelers,
3: I think you get, you're not gonna, you have to pay a, probably a, t- a heavier price for them.
2: Yeah, probably. Take the Bills, maybe. They got the Jets in week one. Uh, who's got, uh... Falcons yeah, have right. the Bears. Yeah, there you go. Falcons and the Bears. All right, uh, moving on, moving on. This is from Ian. I wouldn't have guessed it, but TJ Yeldon was the seventh most targeted running back last year. Any thoughts on whether that will keep Fournette off the field on passing downs?
1: If Yeldon make the team. And if he's healthy. Which I, one, Fournette or Yeldon? <laughs> 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 Yeldon more than Fournette. Fournette says he's going to be okay. We believe Leonard Fournette when he talks. hmm. Sure we do.
2: Well, is this a concern that Fournette would be mostly just a standard scoring kind of guy? I have a
1: hard time. I have a hard time believing the Jaguars spent a fourth overall pick in the draft for a guy that they're going to take off the field on the most crucial down of the game.
0: There there have been rumblings, though, that they had looked at Yeldon playing third down and Ivory doing short yardage. I think that sounds ridiculously
1: like just a completely bad plan. Like only an idiot, an, an old school idiot would think of something like that.
0: I would just say that. We have had bad decisions come out of Jacksonville before, and from Doug Marone before.
2: Yeah, but now they're they got a new they got a new general manager. They are going to sit Blake Bortles. Maybe think they don't have a new changing. general
1: manager. They have a new head of president. Football yeah, whatever. So I it is. think that's
2: Coughlin's Coughlin. time. From Dorian, how much of a chance is there with a late appeal date that Zeke will play in Week One as he appeals?
1: A chance. There is a chance. Somewhere between one and ninety-nine percent. I would who, say who less say than, for sure. I would say less than fifty percent. I would say less than twenty percent. I don't think it's gonna happen, but there is a chance.
2: Let's hear from Dave in Long Island. Tenth pick in a ten team half PPR league. Uh from which position in your draft would it be easier to recover from drafting Ezekiel Elliott? Can it be pulled off in a ten team league? In other words, if you have an early pick, mid pick, late pick, is there a spot that's easier to recover from drafting Zeke? I've
3: been taking him a lot. Uh, with any
2: pick that I have in the first
3: five overall selections, and I find that if you do that, and depending on how you feel about these two guys, which you know I I, I think most of us agree on Crowell, but Lamar Miller, you can get one of Crowell or Miller in the third round, so that kind of gives you your number one running back for the first few weeks. So you like I I in in our uh, pick by pick series which we we've, we've done, I had the fourth pick, um, I had Antonio Brown Zeke. Lamar Miller, and then in the fifth round took Marshawn Lynch. And I'm thrilled about that.
2: Okay. And then let's go to John from a City of Dave's Choosing. Boston, Massachusetts. Who is the least talented player in the best situation?
0: I'm not supposed to say this, right? What? Melvin Gordon.
2: It uh, could be. <laughs> He's very talented. <laughs> Come
1: on. He might not be the most talented running back in football. He's in the best situation, too, though. It's a combination.
2: Least talented player in the best situation. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, he's not in the best situation. Oh, he was. Uh
1: yeah. I think Gillisley's talented Yeah, too.
2: see, I'm, I'm hoping Gillisley's talented, like five point seven yards per carry two years in a row? It's a funny question to me. Maybe Terrence West. Marshawn Lynch at this point. Rob Kelly.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he got the rookie running guys. back though. I'm sticking with my guns. Uh, which just, is what? Uh, you are Gordon? gonna have to right. swallow that crow. It's,
2: you know, it's a tough question. All those running backs are very talented at the top and, yeah, We'll see. Uh, okay, and that's it. Let's go back to our sleepers and breakouts. And let's get, uh, alright, Jamie, you gave us Jeremy Macklin. Your bust was Alan Robinson. Your breakout is Willie Sneed, and I know you've talked about him a lot, but let's talk about him again and, and, uh, hit me with it. Willie Sneed is actually, let's see where he's going here, sorry. Sixth round, I believe. Yeah, so he's going just ahead of Jamison Crowder. That's a great round for Jamie. Willie Sneed and Jamison Crowder are actually going about 80th overall on Fantasy Pros. And, uh wow, Sneed is 96th. Was that right, or is he 80th? Oh, he's 80th. I'm sorry. There's two columns I was looking at. 80th overall. So let's just say there for uh, for Willie Sneed, 80th.
3: I'm hoping that this third preseason game gives him uh, a little bit better showing than the second one when he played into the fourth quarter along with Kobe Fleener. Um, but I I just think it sets up for him to have a great year with what's happening for him. No Brandon cooks, so he should get a bump in targets, however modest, but it's a bump. He's in a contract year. He's in his third season technically. He you know this is his uh, fourth year in the NFL because he was on the practice squad as a a rookie, but third full season playing. And you know Adam, you bring up this all the time, and I think it's relevant. His Targets and production in the first two games of the season last year were phenomenal. And in that second game, he hurt his toe, missed week three, and that's when Michael Thomas took off. Now, Thomas is clearly a better player than him. But uh, Sean Payton has said he could be uh, when Lance Moore was at his best, he could be there. Lance Moore. And so that's a top 24 caliber fantasy receiver. So I'll take that in the sixth round or however late he's going as often as possible.
2: Who do you like better, Willie Snead or Allen Robinson? Willie Snead. Ah, uh, wow! I've got him back to back. Uh, i got Robinson back all the time. One spot ahead of Snead, <coughs> I've got Robinson. Now, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. Not it's what? not. It's crazy that that we're even asking that question. You know, it's crazy that it's close. I'm going to say Robinson. Okay. What's uh, the
1: upside for Snead? Because we've we've seen two years of low touchdowns. Lots of catches, modest yardage.
0: Uh, 80, 1107?
1: Jamie, you like that? Oh, for sure. For where you're getting him.
0: That's, I just completely pulled that out of thin air, so. Yeah, well here, just, well. just to tell you
3: again what those first two games were. 17 targets over those two games. 13 catches. Hundred two hundred and nine yards. No, so 100, over hundred yards per game. Two hundred and nineteen yards. Well, one was one hundred seventy-two yards. One was fifty-four. Um, <laughs> okay. And two touchdowns. A touchdown in each game. And yeah, so sixteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. To, to be to be fair, <laughs> in that second game is when he hurt his toe, so he he didn't finish the game. So he was actually going to go two two hundred catches and two thousand yards uh-huh. in his face. Uh. I mean, again, it's you're you're banking on situation and. His quarterback's thrown for 5,000 yards for the last six years. So could it be Brandon Coleman? Sure. Could it be Ted Ginn? Sure. Could Did it you be you say Willie sure
1: Stiff? for Brandon Coleman? It could be. That's not going to be. I don't Ted Ginn is it.
3: the one who's going to be
1: well, here's, the deep here's, ball guy. Here's the projections
3: on the site. Is this realistic? 113 targets. So he goes from um, – that
0: almost seems low. I got him with 122
1: with my expectations. He, he, he had 104 just, last year.
3: Here, here's our projections. And that's of 15 games. These are not, so, these
2: are not your projections. These are These s- are sports the lines.
3: sports line CBS sports projections. Yeah. 113 targets, 78 catches, which I think is low, uh, 1001 yards is probably realistic and 4.5 touchdowns. So say five. You know what they did?
1: They took his numbers from last year and they multiplied it by <laughs> 110%. Almost exactly 110%. I've got 83 catches, 1,037 yards, and five touchdowns.
2: All right. So let's say 1,000 catches, 1,000 yards. 1,000 catches a I will take him number one 1,000 yards. And we'd love to get more than five touchdowns out of Willie Sneed. That would make him a true breakout. Uh, Breeze does spread the ball around a lot. Would you take Willie Sneed or Samuel Watkins? Watkins. Watkins. I'll take Sneed.
0: I'm going to talk about Watkins in just a second.
2: Talk about Watkins right now. This is a breakout
0: or a sleeper for you? Uh, it's a breakout. He was a breakout early in the preseason when we thought he was with Tyrod and thought, you know, if he just stays healthy, this could be the year that Sammy Watkins put all together. And then we, like his ADP fell two and a half rounds on CBS even, even more. I, I believe it's down to like the seventh round now on CBS for Sammy Watkins, uh, pick 82 overall. So the end of the seventh round, that's ridiculous. We don't know for sure that Jared Goff is that bad. We've never seen Jared Goff with a good wide receiver. He looked decent in his last preseason game. Watkins is the type of receiver. Like, what's the real difference between him and DeAndre Hopkins or him and Allen Robinson?
2: Yeah, no, it's really just making me question DeAndre Hopkins, to be honest with you. Right. Well, like, the difference
0: would be that he's injury prone. Yeah, and sure, I I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, and that's why he comes at a discount from Hopkins. But it shouldn't be in the seventh round.
2: Watkins also, at least in his Buffalo days, and they didn't throw the ball that much, was not a big catch guy. So do you have him ranked higher in standard compared to PPR, Sammy Watkins?
0: I do have him stand higher in standard in PPR. But I think he's worth a fourth-round pick in standard and a fifth in PPR.
2: Ooh, anybody else willing to pull the trigger in the top 50 picks or so for Sammy Watkins? Fifth round, I think, is appropriate for him.
3: Because, yeah. uh, as Dave has illustrated a few times, two games against Richard Sherman, two games against Patrick Peterson, That's not going to be easy in those four games. And you have to also build in the potential risk. Now, obviously, uh, I I was, like Keith, very excited about Sammy Watkins because I do think that we've seen guys come back from the second foot surgery and and play at a high level. And hopefully he follows suit with Julio Jones and Des Bryant and Julian Ellman, the the three notable ones. But it still has to be part of how you're viewing Sammy Watkins. So there's a big opportunity for him. He's still in the contract year, as we're all well aware but I I don't know if I want to overvalue him. I'd rather just value him, and I think round five is where his value lies. It's is it a, weird
1: that when you say that I illustrate something, that I picture myself as Bob Ross standing at the easel, yeah. and I've got the big big afro? You can illustrate a, an argument. Oh, beautiful beautiful Rams.
2: Oh come on, sketcher doodle. This is just begging for a illustration. Here I am. Just happy happy
1: happy goalposts in the end zone. Such beautiful shades of yellow.
2: Uh, you know, it's it's tough for me to compare. You get to that point in the draft, like end of round five or end of round four, and we're looking at Golden Tate. And we're looking at maybe Willie Sneed and Jamison Crowder. These very good PPR wide receivers. And, and then we're looking at Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins, who have, in my opinion, a lot more talent than those guys and a lot more touchdown potential. A lot more upside for sure. And maybe more downside because of the quarterback. Yep. But yeah, th- that's those are really tough calls for me. Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and then guys like Crowder and Snead and Golden Tate. I, I think for me, I, Tate feels like an easy call in PPR. Just seems really safe in PPR and standard. I don't know. But how do you how do you choose between those types of receivers? Part of it depends
0: on your roster already. Like if I've got a team that's already pretty high variance, I I would like to have some stability. Crowder or Snead provide that. But if my team's looking kind of boring, like I've got Lamar Miller and Doug Baldwin, then shoot for the moon with Watkins. I think also it's it, it's it's how you
3: value these players because if you like those kind of guys, their average draft position suggests you can get them a little bit later, whereas it's not the same. Like You're going to have to take mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins in the first 50 overall picks if he stays where he's at. You're going to have to take Allen Robinson if you still want to buy into it in the first 60 overall picks. And as you're seeing, Steen and Crowder you
0: get a little bit later. And they may have more upside. But yeah. the direction they're moving, like, Sammy Watkins has dropped 20 spots since the last ups. Just needs updates. one good uh, preseason game, you know, this weekend. Sneed's gone up 13, Crowder's gone up 11. They're it's all funny the that same. Sneed's gone up, because it's he Jamie.
3: hasn't done anything. That's, that's thanks to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't been fooled by, uh, by, by Sean Payton before, so.
2: We love Willie Sneed. We love Willie Sneed, you know, uh, we, we love uh, Isaiah Crowell who we're going to talk about. You know what I love now? I love watches. I'm kind of a watch guy now. I got my movement watch. We all got them. I mean, how nice are these watches, guys, these movement watches? Very nice. Yeah, amazing. I, I told you my story on it. Yes, that's true. Oh, crap. But no, we never heard the full story. We have to get to that at some point. Uh, but listen, movement watches, I think you guys are really going to like them. They're a great gift for someone or just for yourself. It's spelled M V M T watches.com and the URL to go to is MVMTwatches.com slash F Football, 15% off a high-quality minimalist watch at a revolutionary price. 15% off is great, but these are already very discounted because you go to a department store, you're talking 500 bucks for a watch uh, I, and up. We're talking 95 bucks. They start at 95 bucks. these movement watches. MVMTwatches.com slash F Football. Take 15% off. I'm getting a lot of compliments on my watch. Oh, Azar, didn't know you like to wear watches. Now I do. These things are awesome. Also, free shipping and free returns. So how about that? You're not happy with it? You will be. But if you're not, free returns. Go to MVMTwatches.com slash FFootball. Step up your watch game, MVMTwatches.com slash FFootball, and join the movement. Dave, let's get a sleeper breakout. You have breakouts, actually. So you already gave us Mike Gillisley. Tell me about Isaiah Crowell and when you're comfortable drafting Crowell.
1: Still marching to this beat, been doing it all off season long. As soon as I saw that the Cleveland Browns went the way of the Dallas Cowboys with their offensive line, they added J.C. Tretter at center. Kevin Zeitler at right guard I think is going to be a huge addition. And when they get those two paired with Joel Batonio when he comes back from his injury and Joe Thomas, who's healthy and just hasn't played in the first two preseason games, we're talking about four-fifths of an offensive line that will make at least 75% of the NFL very jealous. So any running back running behind those big guys should do well. We're now going to talk about Crowell getting that opportunity after he had 240 total touches last year, and 40 of them came on catches. He had almost 1,300 yards from scrimmage. That was for a team that went 1-15. He had seven touchdowns. <laughs> In a in a game where we're always looking for running backs who are gonna get fifteen touches a week and and work at the goal line, I don't think we should run away from Crowell. I think he's gonna get that kind of an opportunity. I think the defense in Cleveland's gonna be better. I think this team will be a little more competitive than the one in fifteen squad we had last year. And I think Crowell is gonna be the big benefactor. I think he's got a chance at fourteen hundred total yards. I think he's got a chance at nine touchdowns, Ooh. and I am not shying away from taking him in round three. I, I loved
0: seeing how good that Browns defense looked against the Giants' first-team offense. And it may just be the Giants' first-team offense is garbage, Bing, because their ding, offensive ding, line ding, is trouble. Because ding, of their ding, offensive ding. line. But the defense looked good. And if that defense can just be competitive and keep them in games so that they can run the ball, because Hugh Jackson talked about that a lot, he was disappointed in himself in how little they ran the ball last year. He wants to run it more. That would be great for Crowell.
2: Alright, and, uh, Crowell, or the rookie running backs. Tell me, you know, if any, which rookie running backs you're taking over Isaiah Crowell? None. N- none. Jamie?
1: Yeah, no, none. Really? Alright. None. Well, I would take McCaffrey over him in PPR. Okay. I'm close to that. I'm not there yet because I still think Crowell can, <laughs> he took off in receptions in the second half last year. Yeah, he did.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, cool. Let's get uh, Ty Montgomery from Heath. And, again, so many more on the website, cbssports.com slash fantasy. Not only sleepers, breakouts, and busts, but also draft breakdowns, uh, PPR, 14 teams, half PPR, 10 teams, 12 teams, like any type of draft you're doing most likely, IDP, two-quarterback, We've got a draft breakdown for you so check it out on the website uh, Ty Montgomery Heath a breakout or a sleeper which one
0: it can't be a sleeper because he's got a fifth round ADP but it's pretty like he's kind of in my opinion just the, the free space on the breakout board because it's not hard to say Ty Montgomery's gonna done some, do something he's never done before he only got 77 carries last year <laughs> I I am glad that he's back at practice whatever was ailing him seems to be okay right now I'll feel even better if he can get through a week and not have any problems. He was very good running the football last year, especially in the second half. Pro football focuses most elusive running back from week nine on, averaged 5.9 yards per carry. I expect him to catch 50, 60, maybe 65 passes. I expect he'll get somewhere around 160 to 175 rush attempts. and I expect he scores seven
2: or eight touchdowns. Ty Montgomery or Mark Ingram?
0: Montgomery. Ingram. I would go Ingram.
2: Ty Montgomery or CJ Anderson?
1: Montgomery, Anderson.
2: Sorry, even Game in PPR rules
1: again. It's I would take Anderson even in PPR, even in PPR. Okay. Look, I, the concern I've got with Montgomery is that he might not be able to stay healthy for sixteen games. He might not be effective. Well, we're talking if, about CJ Anderson here. Well, I, that's true. Fair point. But I don't think if CJ Anderson stays healthy, it would take a lot for him to lose his grip on that starting job. If Montgomery stays healthy. And he doesn't play well. Well, Mike McCarthy can turn to his bench, and he's got three rookies ready to go on the field to take over. And I'm not saying like Jamal Williams didn't look that he, threatening. He has not looked threatening at all but this he preseason. Did though. What's that, Jim? Neither did Montgomery in the first preseason it's game. It's true. When he and when Montgomery got banged up, and he couldn't even play in the second one. I the Packers should have tried to. They tried hard to solve their running back problem. They don't have a running back problem. I think they might. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on, on Ty Montgomery being the guy all season long there. If he were, I think we'd have to talk about taking him in round three. I
3: think to Heath's point though, he's falling to a spot where it makes it worth it, where he was being drafted prior to this week, especially coming into training camp was only going to set him up to fail. Okay. Now he has a chance to, I think, deliver some sort of fair value if he falls into the fifth, sixth round.
2: One more breakout to talk about. It's Dave. So so far we've got Jamie's sleeper was Macklin. Jamie's breakout was Snead. Jamie's bust Alan Robinson. Heath's two three breakouts were Tyra Williams, Ty Montgomery, and Sammy Watkins.
1: Williams was a sleeper. Okay, you can't breakout path last year. Sleeper. You know
0: what Tyra would Williams. make me feel
1: better about Montgomery is if I also get Jamal Williams. There you needs to do that. Yeah, that's a plan you could absolutely. I'm
0: just with. Af- in standard. I agree. In PPR, I'm afraid that Aaron Jones might be the guy.
3: Uh, if Ty Montgomery uh, I'll go, gets back, hurt,
0: I'll go back to pass protection because right now,
3: right. including Montgomery, Williams is their best guy.
2: And Mike Gillislee, Dave likes Isaiah Crowell, Dave loves Terrell Pryor is another breakout for Dave Richard. Well, let's just do the
1: math. Pierre Garcon last year, one thousand and forty-one yards. Deshaun Jackson last year, one thousand and five yards. They combined for seven touchdowns. They combined for two hundred and fourteen targets. These guys are no longer on the field in Washington. They have moved on to other places, and Terrell Pryor signing a one-year deal to come to Washington and catch passes from Kirk Cousins. The doors, the preseason has not been great to Cousins. It's been really bad to Pryor, but the door is wide open for him to play a lot, get a ton of targets on the outside, and when everybody's healthy in Washington and they get into that red zone, Kirk Cousins has his pick of the litter between Reed, Pryor, Crowder for for throws into the red zone and i think prior is going to be in single coverage almost every single time because reed is going to draw so much attention that he can dominate in the end zone do better than seven touchdowns which is what Carson and jackson had last year and i think he's got a great shot at a thousand yards as well he had a thousand yards last year in cleveland when he caught passes from five crappy quarterbacks now he's moving on to kirk cousin's to me, this is a no-brainer, and I'm glad that there isn't a big preseason buzz and that we've seen Terrell Pryor dominate in preseason games because his value can still be had, and even in round three, I think it's great he's because I think he early, is going to finish He's going early a top-12
2: receiver. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Terrell Pryor's is going uh, early round four, Dave. Uh, That's even better. 39th overall. I want to draft with these people. I want Terrell Pryor in round three. <clears throat> Would you take Pryor or Hopkins? Pryor, Hopkins. Pryor. He's now going ahead of Hopkins. He's moved ahead. Um, so is Devonte Adams. By the way, would you take Brandon Cooks or Terrell Pryor? Pryor, Pryor, easily. Yep. Pryor. Okay. Brandon Cooks going just ahead of Terrell Pryor. Going to get to the Max Scherzer interview now, but first, let me read some sleepers and breakouts from our listeners, and you tell me agree or disagree. Um, uh, Robbie Anderson from Dylan. Robbie Anderson.
1: One hundred percent sleeper. A great late round value. Take yep. the chance on it.
2: Ryan Willard is excited about Austin Hooper.
3: He's in the conversation of number two tight ends with upside, sure. He'll be on my list.
2: Brian M. has Braxton Miller on here.
0: No. no. He's hurt. Okay. And and not as good as uh, the guy they just brought in from San Francisco. Bruce Ellington. Bruce Ellington.
2: John Downing says Darren Sproles and Chris Thompson in PPR. Yep. Thompson, too?
1: Sure. Is there
2: enough there? That's gotta his, be his role is not changing. Team. That's a fourteen teamer to me. Like I don't he's, see
0: he's going to catch fifty passes. He's going to be a lot like Darren Sproles.
2: I, I would yeah. say
3: Thompson and Charles Sims are two guys if you're in a PPR league to put on your list late.
1: This might surprise you. He had forty nine catches last year. He had just over 700 total yards and five total touchdowns. It's a lot like Darren Sproles. Yeah, it's you're never going to know when to start him. very close to Darren
2: Sproles. You're never going to know when to start him. You're never going to care unless he's getting a lot of carries. I,
1: I would rather have Sproles because I think there's more upside with him this year compared to Thompson because mm-hmm. I just think Thompson has his role and that's that. Like It's going to take calamity for him to be a, a starter and 15 touches a week. But I think with a late pick in PPR,
2: you draft him and maybe he's a bye week guy. Chris Murphy is still on the Kevin White hype train.
0: Mm, I try, I was earlier this summer. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, don't be on
2: that train. Okay, get off my train. Ryan says Marvin Jones is a sleeper. Yes. Interesting. It's interesting. Where he's going? Absolutely. So he's basically free, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Jones or Galladay?
3: Uh, there's more upside with Galladay, but Jones is probably safe.
1: Yes, I'd rather have Jones. If I'm going to take a chance on one, it's Galladay.
2: John Miro says, favorite sleeper is Dave. Favorite breakout is Adam's acne. Hmm. It's not nice. No, it's not. I don't, I don't get that anymore. You don't get acne? Not anymore. From Caesar, Paul Richardson is a sleeper of the Seahawks. Paul Richardson. If he were healthy and he did what Cason
1: Williams did, then maybe there would be some good reasoning for well, it. Well, he did it on a much bigger stage. He did. But he's not healthy now. I don't think he really has
3: much. Well, he is healthy now. Um,
0: I think
1: it's behind Tyler Lockett
0: is, it's
3: behind Tyler Lockett. That's the problem is that Lockett wasn't healthy when he did his, uh, big production last year.
1: When's the last time the Seahawks had an outside receiver as a fantasy thing? Is it Corinne Robinson? Is it? I just, uh, yeah, is there somebody I'm missing? Mike Williams.
0: Mm, yeah, I man, uh, that's just like, not it's, 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 it's hard to see. I do think I'm getting more worried about that Seahawks rush attack. And they may not be able to just run the ball a bunch more like they said they wanted to.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping for me personally, as a Jimmy Graham owner already, I'm hoping that that benefits Jimmy Graham <clears throat> and also Doug Baldwin. And I am pumped. I have a draft tonight. I've done most of my drafts already. It kind of sucks. Like I don't, I don't know that I have any more at night at home, like live draft on a computer. Uh, you know, not with people, but I love that. Like, it's draft night and I'm fired yeah, on up Monday. Podcast League on Monday, right. So I think I only have two more, which is kind of a bummer. But, but, uh, but hey, let's do it. Uh, I want to thank Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Please stay tuned and listen to what Max Scherzer has to say. He's, he was a really nice guy. Heath and I had a great time doing the interview. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with some busts. Enjoy Max Scherzer. Bye. Alright, what a cool guest we've got for you today. Yeah, look, Heath and I, we talk fantasy baseball all the time, but now we're going to talk fantasy football with one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals. Max, thank you so much for coming on Fantasy Football today. How you doing, man?
4: Good. How are you? Thanks for having
2: me. We're doing great. Heath, you pumped up to hang out with Max Scherzer soon?
0: Hey, it's going to be awesome. We went to this event last year, and it sounds like it's growing in size. Great location, great reason to get together.
2: Yes. So this is the, uh, this is a fantasy football draft event, uh, that's gonna happen September 9th in DC with Max and his wife Erica. They're hosting it. The Scherzer Showdown in Washington DC, a live draft party at Hill Country Barbecue, which by the way is incredible. Um, 10 leagues are gonna be drafting. So fantasy owners, you're gonna get a chance to compete against your favorite Washington Nationals players and other local celebrities. And Heath, of course, Heath will be there. ScherzerShowdown.com for more details. And the best part, all proceeds Benefit the Washington Nationals Youth Baseball Academy. All right, Max, if you want to give us a little bit of background, how did this how did this come about? How did this get set up?
4: Uh, I did this a few years ago. Uh, Adam Rainwright um, partnered with him uh, with Big Impact of uh, taking this idea and expanding it to other cities. And uh, from there, we've taken it and uh, tried to tailor it even more to the D.C. Uh, fan base. And I think we've grown into a pretty good. Uh, size now, and I think fans really enjoy the experience of, uh, playing fantasy football with their favorite baseball players because, uh, a lot, every MLB clubhouse, uh, there's always a fantasy league. So, uh, <laughs> we're just much as into it as much as the fans are.
2: I was gonna ask about that, actually. So you're, you're in a, a Washington Nationals fantasy baseball league, and if so, who's winning? Or, uh, fantasy football league, rather. Who, who wins, uh, who won last year? If you recall.
4: Uh, I was on the bottom end of that, of that. I was, I was near the bottom of the league. So I forgot. I had kind of, I don't I had a bad year last year. So, (laughs) um, I think Chris Heisey won it. Um, so it's one of those things last year. I'm trying to forget.
2: (laughs) Fair enough.
0: Pitchers that actually have the advantage there, because they've got a little bit uh, more time to do draft prep on their days off here, or are the hitters just terrible at fantasy football?
4: (laughs) No, it it really is. It's everybody, you know, um, Everybody has their own time. The only thing is we you know we've there are rules that we've had to establish that you can't make you know waiver claims you can't do you can't touch your fantasy football after b p because then that'd be an unfair advantage so there are rules like that within our clubhouse because there there have been pitchers in the past who will be during game you know making <laughs> transactions and we've had to we've had to declare that that's illegal.
2: Do you have, uh, NFL players that are friends of yours? And, and if so, do you feel obligated to draft them?
4: Uh, yes, I do have some NFL friends, but no, I don't feel obligated to draft them. <laughs> it's all about winning. So if I don't think you <laughs> if I don't think your team's cut out to win, uh, you're not going to be on my team.
0: Alright, so who Is do anybody, you like? Anybody, anybody plays in your league that, uh, on the team that's just no good at all at fantasy football?
4: In the past two years, Strass has really struggled. Uh, Strasbourg, he he really had a poor showing the past two years. So um, you know, hopefully, you know, I mean, he just had a kid, so maybe that that was probably why. So um, you expect better, better, and better things out of him.
0: We give our advice all the time. You can give your advice now. Who who you really like this year? That maybe is under the radar or people don't like him as much as they should.
4: Uh, I can't say I have <laughs> I know who uh, go that far, but um, you know. I gotta see, I gotta see some preseason games before I'm ready to say, you know, reveal my sleepers. And plus, (laughs) I know my teammates are listening, so I don't really don't, really don't care to let them give me any, any help right now. uh, What is your take on drafting
2: quarterbacks? You like to, to wait on quarterback? You take one of the No,
4: no, 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 no. You don't need one of those. (laughs) Where the league is now, like, no, I mean, you can get on, you can get some guys deeper you know, we were looking the other day and you can get all the way down to like the 15th or 16th round and still get, Philip Rivers, who's throwing for, you know, he's still throwing it for 3,000, 4,000 yards. So, um, you know, and you can partner him with somebody else and you're set at quarterback, whereas in the 15th round, you can't get any type of running back or receiver. So, yep. um, definitely don't draft your quarterback. Uh, this
2: guy knows what it's all about. So let me ask you about a DC guy and, and Kirk Cousins. And it's, I, I mm-hmm. can't imagine, man, like, Having to to deal with the obviously he's getting a lot of money with the franchise tag, but just the uncertainty of his future and whatnot. He's playing for a lot. I'm sure he's playing for some pride. I'm not sure if you know him or not, but what do you expect from Kirk Cousins this year?
4: More of the same. I don't think uh, the, the the contract situation is going to affect his on field play. Uh, you know, contract stuff that stays off the field that has nothing to do with on the field product, and so. Um, now I've kind of been in that situation before, and so you just know that uh, his play is not going to change because of his contract. He's not going to try any. Yeah, he's not going to try harder this year than he was last year, because he was already trying as hard as he could last year. So um, I I think he's going to go out there and have a, uh, a great year and continue to be one of uh, the best quarterbacks in the league.
0: Okay. Now last year was kind of the fad. Was the zero running back wide receivers were coming off a historic year. Everybody wanted to wait on running backs because, like you said, the passing in this league has just become unreal. Do you think that's still a good strategy or are you still trying to get your running backs early?
4: Yeah, you, I feel like you do need one. You do need one. Um, <laughs> when you do, when you have no running backs, it does, man, it, it makes it interesting trying to fill that out. Um, uh, but the way, I, the other way I look at it is, man, the way, the way the NFL is how big and strong these guys are, the running backs just seem to get hurt. So the guys who you draft early, early in the, uh, Um, early in the draft, don't seem to help you know win you a ball game, you know help win a fancy game in week sixteen when that's when the money counts. And so, um, you know, I feel like that's the way I'm looking at this year's draft: is who's going to be healthy, who's going to win you a game in week
0: sixteen. I know you're you're a really intense dude when you're on the mound, and I don't know how much you've seen on social media the uh, the gifs of you getting fired up on the mound, but. Do you get that intense during your fantasy football draft when somebody snipes one of your picks? <laughs>
4: uh, no, I, I don't get that mad. Uh, I, I might have some colorful language at somebody, but yeah, that, that's just something, uh, you know, maybe, I might get that mad if I'm watching, uh, you know, a, a live game and, you know, somebody drops a <laughs> wide open touchdown pass. You know, maybe I, I might freak out that way.
2: Who's your team? Who's your NFL team?
4: Uh, honestly, I'm a bandwagon fan. I, I'm admitted. Um, you know i i grew up in st louis and the rams you know that's when they came into town and uh they were really bad for a long time and then they became the greatest show on turf and then they got rid of everybody and they were bad and now they've left so uh i've never really had i never felt loyal to one team in the nfl so i've always um i jump on bandwagons at least for at least 5 years so the two teams I'm, i i'm i like are the raiders and the redskins
2: okay all right so that that makes sense and that should be, uh, those should be some fun teams to root for this year and certainly a lot of good fantasy players. Uh, this event, the Scherzer Showdown, again, Showdown.com for the information. Scherzer will be there, obviously. Rendon, Ryan Zimmerman, Weeders, Taylor, Doolittle, Strasburg, Tanner Road. Uh, I guess you probably want to be draft- drafting with Steven Strasburg based on what we heard earlier in this interview. Um, some former, <laughs> <laughs> some former Redskins will be there as well. Uh, it's going to be really cool. If we could end the show, we were wondering, Go off script a little bit here and ask you some fantasy baseball questions because Heath and I love fantasy baseball. Just just some general baseball questions if that's cool with you, Max. Sure. First of all, why don't why don't uh, baseball players play fantasy baseball the way you know people play fantasy football?
4: Oh no chance! Uh, we're competing. Like if I had somebody I was facing, that was on, like I would need him to get a hit, and I'm having to face him. Uh, it just it would never work. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there's no way you can play fantasy baseball while actually playing baseball.
0: Big part of uh, our job in analyzing fantasy baseball is the numbers side of it. I know sometimes there's an argument mm-hmm. over whether the num- the numbers are becoming too big of a part of baseball. What do you think about the advanced metrics and all that?
4: Uh, I think they're great. Um, I think, but also you got to take them with a grain of salt. They don't. They're not everything. You can't just this you know, this game is still played by humans. And so you, there is still instincts and IQ and everything and being able to read situations. And I think that can get lost in sometimes of being able to try to quantify everything. Uh, but at the same time, what the advanced metrics can do for you, they can help, you know, kind of isolate of things you, you have control over and things you want to try to accomplish. Uh, I know there's definitely parts of my game uh, of how I prepare for hitters, um, you know, trying to figure out uh, what they do, and sometimes looking at the numbers is almost sometimes better than looking at the video.
2: That's interesting. So you do a combination of the, of the two now?
4: Yeah, yeah. I take everything. You know, like, like I said, I take everything with a grain of salt. Right. Um, you know, there's times where you know I trust the video, I trust what I see with my eyes, I trust my instincts, and I go with my strengths. And then there's other times where um, you know I am using uh, the best analytics I have in front of me to try to come up with a game plan. Uh, that I think is gonna best be suited to, uh, help get that guy out three times, uh, if I face him. So, like I said, it, it, I think it's a combination of both. It's, you know, always trying to perfect, uh, when and, when and where to use it.
2: Let me ask you about Gio Gonzalez, man.
4: <laughs> what a year
2: he's having. Uh, how, you gonna be upset if he wins the Cy Young? Cause I, obviously you have a great case for it. And, uh, what, is there anything that Gio did differently this year to have this just tremendous season?
4: Oh, he's throwing the ball so well. Um, you know, I, I, he has one of the best curveballs in, in the game. I think the thing that he's doing better this year that I think he would admit that he's doing this, this year, uh, is he, he's throwing that curveball for strikes and he's throwing his change up for strikes as well. And when he pitches with his off speed pitches, it makes his fastball that much better. And he's pitching with three pitches back there and sequencing guys so well right now. Uh, he got, he's had everybody off balance and no one puts a good swing on him. And that's why you're seeing him go out there. Uh, and be consistent this year and really get, work deep in the ball games, and really provide us some big innings and some big outs.
0: Hey, Max, I, I know you don't play fantasy baseball. One of the most frustrating parts for fantasy baseball players, as far as where pitchers come from, is wins and losses and the way they get assigned to you guys. <laughs> not necessarily based on how well you pitched in that game, but just sometimes you pitch, throw seven innings, give up one run, and you lose the game. It seems like we're moving away from that a little bit in the evaluation of pitchers. We need to move away from that
4: more, don't we? Um, it's one of those things I, I've always said, yeah, if you look over the long term, you know, wins and losses can be some, you know, that can be misleading at times, but as, as a pitcher going into the, you know, into the day, when you go into where to start, your goal is to win the game. Like that, that's your first and foremost thing is to win the game. Uh, you can't, if you try to take that side away to try to, um, you know, lessen it uh you're lessening the most important thing you're trying to do that day and that's the win. So um you know, is there a place is there a place for wins and losses? Yes. But is there also you have to take that uh and look at it at a different scope as well? Yes as well. I think um you know I think we're I think everybody's doing a better job of it, but I am not one to sit there and say uh to get rid of it because I also know uh that incentive of the win is um you know that's what you pitch for.
2: Uh, such a leading question from Heath. Heath has been on a crusade against wins and losses at fantasy baseball. And thank you, Max, for not giving him even more ammunition. <laughs> uh, but, uh, obviously it can be a stat that, like you say, you have to take with a grain of salt. You said that about, uh, advanced stats, so for sure. Uh, alright, I'm gonna ask you a somewhat controversial question. I will accept a no comment, for sure. Are the balls juiced this year? <laughs>
4: Here, here, my, my take on it is uh, I don't care because, um, I'm not going to cry about it. Um, if they are juice, fine. There's more home runs, whatever. But, my, you know, it I get to be the benefactor of it too because my team, we have a great offensive team and a lot of power hitters. So those guys would be, um, you know, able to hit the ball out, uh, at the same rate. I mean, we're playing underneath the same rules with the same ball. So, um, you know, I really don't care if there if it is, if it isn't. I'm not going to cry about it.
2: Have you had to change anything? Do pitchers have to change anything knowing this, uh, the home run is so rapidly on the rise?
4: Um, you know, for me, I have given up a ton of home runs over the past couple of years. So for me, I've just tried to dial in and it's almost made me better because I, because that threat of a home run is, you know, feels like it's always right in front of my face. Um, that I have to execute my off speed pitches, uh, just that much better and, and, and locate all, locate my fastball just that much better because the league is so good at, uh, taking any one of your mistakes and hitting over the fence. So, um, you know, that's why I'm not going to cry about it because in some ways it's made me a better pitcher because of how I've had to locate even better to try to prevent them.
2: Man, this has been a lot of fun and a great interview, and thank you so much. And the Scherzer Showdown is Saturday, September 9th. If you're in the D.C. area, please look into it. Go to com. Meet Max and plenty of other Nats. And uh, I'm jealous that Heath will be there. Max, you, Max, uh, thank you so much for coming on.
4: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: That's going to do it for Fantasy Football today. For Heath Cummings and Max Scherzer, I'm Adam Azer. We'll see you later.